This episode of Riveting Reads is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. We already know you guys like good stories. Just go to audibletrial.com forward slash riveting reads and browse their unmatched selection of audio programs. Download the one that grabs your attention for free and start listening. It's that easy. Just go to audibletrial.com forward slash riveting reads to check it out. Now on to the show. Hello, and welcome to the Riveting Reads podcast, where each season brings you a serialized version of thrilling new stories, along with exclusive bonus content from the author. This is season one, Insomnia, book one of the Nightwalker series by J.R. Johansson, narrated by Roy Samuelson. New episodes are posting weekly on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Stick around after today's chapter for some author insights into the writing process behind this chapter with Insomnia's author, J.R. Johansson. Hi, I'm J.R. Johansson, and I'm here to give you a quick recap of episode 22, chapter 22 of Insomnia. At the beginning of this episode, Parker comes home after the confrontation with Dr. Freyberg. He finds his mom already at home and making dinner, so he claims to have a migraine and goes to bed to rest to avoid making eye contact with her. After his mom goes to bed, he receives a phone call from Finn and Addie, who've been trying to reach him all day. He tells them the conversation with Mia didn't go well and that he went to go see Dr. Freeberg and he plans to watch his dreams that night. And that's it for your recap of chapter 22. Stick around now for chapter 23 of Insomnia. Hope you enjoy. Insomnia, The Nightwalkers, written by J.R. Johansson, narrated by Roy Samuelson, 23. It surprised me when the rippling sensation came and I slid into Dr. Freeberg's dream. I wasn't sure how long I had been in my dreamless void, but apparently he was more of a night owl than I had given him credit for. The dream enveloped me and sounded like muffled air in motion, like a wind tunnel in an enclosed space. My nose filled with the odor of musky cologne failing to cover the smell of sweat. The slightly burnt scent of a car heater at full blast wafted over me. I was sitting in the back seat of Dr. Freeberg's car. He was parked, but I couldn't tell where because everything outside the car swirled in a white fog. I had seen this before. It simply meant Dr. Freeberg's focus was elsewhere, so outside the car didn't matter. The layers of the dream seemed to float through the fog like ghosts blurring in and out of the world around us. A shadow of an older woman discussing her finances. A young boy playing in a tree in a huge backyard. In the front seat, Dr. Freeberg fiddled with his bow tie. He clipped it on, unclipped it, adjusted it, and clipped it again several times before he reached up and smoothed the sides of his hair back. Finally, with a nod, he opened the door and stepped out. As his focus moved, I was jerked to a new spot outside of the car. We were parked in front of my school. I looked around in confusion. Every detail was exact, even down to a blackened dead spot on the grass to the left of the main doors. A kid in my chemistry class had mixed the wrong ingredients during the first week of school and picked that spot to dispose of his mistake. My jaw clenched reflexively. This much detail had to be at least part memory but the haze meant some of it was fantasy. The spot on the yard proved he'd been to the school during this school year, and often enough for his mind to remember small details. 
I turned to the front steps and saw Mia jogging down them in a skirt shorter than any I'd ever seen her wear. I realized where the fantasy part was coming into play. I wondered what would happen if I punched a dreamer inside their dream. Hello, Dr. Freeberg, she said with a flirtatious grin. I'm ready for my appointment. Okay, well, at least it wasn't a memory. I seriously doubted Mia ever acted like that with her therapist. Or with anyone, really. Dr. Freeberg nodded and cleared his throat with a stupid grin that made me want to puke. My car's right over there. The drive to his office took twice as long as normal. The psychotherapist couldn't keep his leering eyes off of her. Every time he moved the stick shift, his hand grazed her thigh and she giggled. The car felt unbearably hot and my vision twisted, leaving the whole world skewed. I couldn't watch him live out his fantasies on Mia. Without even thinking, I reached out for where his seatbelt connected to the side of the car. I blinked twice when I realized I was pulling on it with all my weight, trying to strangle him. I released my grip, feeling ill. Dr. Freeberg coughed once, but seemed otherwise unaffected. I stared down at my hands in my lap. The red stripes from my grip on the seatbelt faded. What was I trying to do? Kill him with an aspect of his own dream? Was that even possible? Did the idea of him taking advantage of Mia in a simple fantasy affect me that much? What scared me more was the hunger I felt burning inside. A desperate curiosity. A desire to see if it was possible. The darkness within me wanted to know more. Wanted to know if I could physically hurt someone inside of their dreams. I shivered and pushed the disturbing craving aside with as much force as I could manage. We'll dive right back into the story after this short break. This episode of Riveting Reads is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. The audiobook I'd like to recommend this episode is Uglies by Scott Westerfeld. Tally lives in a world where your 16th birthday brings aesthetic perfection, an operation that erases all your flaws, transforming you from an ugly into a pretty. She is on the eve of this important event and cannot wait for her life to change. As well as guaranteeing supermodel looks, life as a pretty seems to revolve around having a good time. But then she meets Shay, who is also 15, but with a very different outlook on life. Shay isn't sure she wants to be pretty and plans to escape to a community in the forest, the Rusty Ruins, where uglies go to escape churning. Callie won't be persuaded to join her, as this would involve sacrificing everything she's ever wanted for a lot of uncertainty. When she is taken in for questioning on her birthday, however, Tally gets sent to the ruins anyway, against her will. The authorities offer Tally the worst choice she could ever imagine. Find her friend Shay and turn her in, or never turn pretty at all. What she discovers in the ruins reveals that there is nothing pretty about the transformations, and the choice Tally makes will change her world forever. I read this whole series a couple years ago, and it's very inventive. The world building is very, very interesting, so I would highly recommend it. You should check it out. So whether you decide to go with my recommendation of Uglies by Scott Westerfeld, or go with another audiobook of your choice, you can get all set up by going to audibletrial.com forward slash riveting reads. That's audibletrial.com forward slash riveting reads to get your free audiobook. Hope that was a nice breather for you, because we now continue with Insomnia. We pulled into the parking lot, and I reluctantly followed them into the building. Dr. Freeberg let Mia go up the stairs first, 
As she climbed, he stared at the back of her toned legs with unsuppressed desire. I couldn't even look at them. She had seriously nice legs, but the idea of having the same thoughts in my head as the therapist made me want to jump off a cliff. His office was on the right. The room reeked of stale coffee and lavender from one of those plug-in air fresheners. The walls were painted in blue and gray tones, and a wide window overlooked the park on the other side of the parking lot. An enormous black leather chair sat across from a gray suede couch. Mia immediately reclined on the couch with a seductive smile. But the doctor simply took a seat in his chair, and she closed her eyes. For the next few minutes, he talked in low, soothing tones, and she relaxed into a hypnotic state. Except for her ridiculously short skirt, I imagined this was exactly what happened when he used hypnosis during her regular therapy sessions. I hadn't expected this. In the quiet, I listened to the cars passing on the street outside, feeling guilty for thinking of hurting him. The dream had become even clearer since he began the hypnosis. It had to be mostly memory now, too much detail for most fantasies. But which parts were fantasy? Besides Mia's ridiculous outfit, it was hard to tell. I took in a deep breath and released it along with the tension in my body. This was even better than I had expected. Maybe I could see aspects from her recent therapy sessions. Maybe I could learn more about the emails. A small squeak interrupted my thoughts, and I turned to see Dr. Freeberg quietly pulling an ottoman from the corner to a spot next to the couch. He took a seat, and I watched him place one hand on her ankle and run it slowly up her leg. Suddenly, there wasn't enough air. I backed into his desk, searching for an escape. I wished I could open the window and jump out. A broken leg would have been worth it if it meant getting out of this dream. No, not a dream. This still felt like a memory. Mia's small, trusting voice spilled secrets about missing her parents, feeling all alone, her foster family, all while his hands scurried like rats along her body. Mia flinched, and I heard his soothing voice telling her everything would be okay. There was nothing to be afraid of. She could trust him, and she would feel better after they were done. He would make sure she felt much better and happier, satisfied. My breath came in shallow gasps. Dr. Freeberg had to be the one sending those emails to Mia. He had to be. But why would he frame me? His memory was blurred with my reality, and I couldn't think of anything else. I couldn't stand it. I couldn't watch anymore. I had to stop him. My hands grasped around on the desk for something, for anything that could change what was happening. They closed around a small paperweight. It felt right in my hands, solid, like it had always belonged there. Fury drove me forward. He was the monster, and I would end him. I swung without thought, connecting with the doctor's head again and again before I glanced up at Mia. She was curled into a ball at the corner of the couch. Her shoulders trembled as she stared at me. The doctor's blood splashed in a rainbow of red droplets across her white shirt. I wasn't even sure how many times I had hit him. It was like everything around me had frozen. Everything but the rage boiling inside me. Then Dr. Freeberg fell forward off the ottoman and I was thrust out of his dream.
Thanks for listening to the Riveting Reads podcast, Season 1, Insomnia. New podcast episodes will be available every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. If you're not the patient type and want the full book now, you can find the audiobook on Audible Podcasts or the paperback version on Amazon. Stick around for some author insights from J.R. Johansson about the chapter featured in this episode. Hi, I'm J.R. Johansson, and welcome to the Authorly Insight section on Chapter 23. This chapter is a real turning point for Parker and his abilities. He has touched a dreamer, interacted with a dreamer before, but can he hurt a dreamer inside their dream? This takes things to a whole new level. As the author, there were a lot of ethical dilemmas that I had to think about and consider with Parker's ability. When are people more vulnerable than when they're asleep? There are a few times when someone is so completely undefended, and Parker is just beginning to believe he may have more control and responsibility for the dreamers he visits than he ever could have anticipated. At the same time, he is losing control of himself. This chapter is a real pivot in the story. I really enjoyed writing it because of that. For me, one of my favorite parts about writing the kind of stories that I write is really the thinking about how our ethical boundaries would play out when put into this completely new world. How would that affect it? How would your decision-making processes change? Would your rules of right and wrong be different when you didn't have the same kind of consequences? For me, this is where things really get fascinating. And that's it for the Authorly Insights section on Chapter 23. Thanks for listening. If you're enjoying what we're doing, please go leave a review and rate the podcast. We really appreciate it. I will see you next time. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Riveting Reads. Please check out details for our reader appreciation program in the podcast notes or on rivetingreadspodcast.com. Also, a reminder that we're still a new podcast and we would love to hear from you. Please subscribe as well as rating and reviewing in your podcast app. Thanks, and we'll see you in a few days for the next episode.